Welcome to Honey and the Hex. We're a sibling duo exploring the origins, traditions and intersections of folklore and where they lie today. We've always been drawn to witchcraft and exploring our roots, so each episode will take you through our learnings of myths, magic and mystery in English and Scottish folklore. sat with our own mould cider. It's absolutely delicious. Thank you, Tatum. You're welcome. I just love to mould everything and anything. It's so nice. Mull over this, mull over that. Exactly. <laughs> Feeling really festive and happy. Yeah, I'm actually really getting into the festive vibes this year more than other years and maybe it's because it's been such a gloomy year that I'm trying to find some joy in it and because I'm not out and about as much I'm not really noticing the consumerism as much so it's quite nice to go back to the roots which is what we're always talking about anyway yeah so we wanted to make this bonus episode because we thought we're releasing episodes on the last Friday of every month but Yule is such a good and important pagan tradition so yeah we wanted to sit down and do a little bonus episode yeah, exactly why not guess we'll get started yule or winter solstice is one of the eight sabbats of the wheel of the year sabbats essentially being wiccan holidays and we will try and cover all of them in the podcast so if you heard our first episode we covered Samhain, but we didn't really discuss the other sabbats but yeah yule is a wiccan sabbat by celebrating each holiday in the wheel of the year it really does connect you to the earth so you're in sync and wicca connects you to our pagan past but also non-pagan groups also celebrate these holidays there are four greater sabbats Samhain, imbolc beltane and lammas or lunasa known as the fire festivals, and these occur when the Earth's energy is at her peak. So they're Earth Sabbaths. Um, And then there are four solar Sabbaths, um, which are lesser Sabbaths, and they're on the solstices and the equinoxes. Yule is counted as a lesser Sabbath, which marks the point when one season transitions to the next, the astronomical beginning of a new season. These holidays occur on the solstice or equinox. We have two solstices a year, summer solstice and winter solstice. That's a real mouthful. <laughs> I was going sol- solstice. It's hard, isn't it? Sl- yeah, it it's gonna... like I used to say Pacific instead of specific. <laughs> and they are the points that the sun reaches its furthest point north or furthest point south of the equator that she ever reaches. And the equinox meaning that the day and night are equal lengths, which also happens twice annually. Uh, Yule occurs on the shortest day and the longest night of the year, which is usually between 20th and 23rd of December. This year it's on the 21st and it's when the dark half of the year turns into the light and we celebrate. So basically it's the darkest it's going to get and soon we'll have light again. (laughs) I've really not been enjoying the uh, shift, the three-hour shift the sun is on right now. No, it's ridiculous. It's very, working nine to two. (laughs) Sorry. It really is. I'm just always ready for the sun to come back. I think seasons are so important. And actually, in the UK, we're really fortunate to have four seasons. But what's annoying about it is that winter goes on and on and on and on. And it is hard to get through. So like some people get seasonal affective disorder, which is a really a real thing, you know? So I guess with this, with this time of Yule, it is the darkest time, but we know that 
the sun and lighter times are on the horizon. So it's appreciating that we will have brightness again very soon. So yeah, it, it makes it more dark. bearable. Yeah. I message you every day like, it's so gloomy today. We just go back and forth. Like, I can't get any work done. <laughs> it's, no, it's so hard to feel yeah. motivated though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. As much as we are very much out of sync because of the world that we're living in and the society we're living in, there's so much still within us, like deep within us that does respond to nature. And it's really hard to push through those yeah. things where your body's just telling you, I need to hibernate, I need to rest folk would have yeah a much better relationship with the seasons and actually take that time to rest in the dangerous society that we've created of work and productivity all year around it's like we can't we can't handle that that's not normal we're supposed to be responding to what our body needs and winter is meant to be a time to hibernate rest is a vital part of being alive we can't be the same all year round the same way the seasons change like it's so important to have that time and of course we aren't living in times where we're held hostage to nature as much because we have heating, more transport, we've got supermarkets, but we still need rest. The way we are living now isn't sustainable at all. Burnout is such a real thing and resting is a form of resistance in a capitalist world. We can't pour from an empty cup. How are we supposed to do that? You have to take moments of rest. And obviously there are different levels to this because marginalized people deserve lots of rest because their existence is constantly challenged more than a person who's in a privileged position because it can be quite exhausting when your everyday experience you're dealing with different types of um discrimination and so on so we have to be wary you know as as white women we can go we deserve rest but Mm -hmm. we need to make sure that we are still showing up where we can with the white privilege that we have agreed yeah and for my personal experience like having muscular dystrophy, having a disability, my legs get so cold in the winter and it's really hard for me to move. The pain gets worse, it's hard to get around, which means then I become more tired and and agitated. So there's all these different levels where we're actually living in a world that's really ableist because it's saying that you're not a good member of society and of community if you're not being productive, if if you're having to rest. And I think that's so bad. Like being uh, awarded in school for missing no days. Like, that's just ridiculous. If you're ill, you're ill. And, and, And we're getting ill because we're not taking those times to rest. Yeah, that is so true. And it did used to be so different because people, and especially farmers, they used to be so connected to the earth. But now because everything is so industrialized, well, that deep understanding of each season isn't really required. And that's why a lot of people are turning back to, you know, wicker, getting their cottage core on. <laughs> because, you know, you do feel like a connection is needed. As we spoke about in our Samhain episode regarding pagan festivals being adapted and Christianized, Christmas was originally Yule. So many of the traditions are very similar, as with Samhain um, and Halloween. But Christmas is not Yule. It's the time of renewal, rebirth and planning for the future. We welcome the sun god. And where did Yule originate? Well, Yule has Norse origins, also a Germanic holiday and connections to the Roman era. And I think the first written reference is the 4th century. It Basically, you can take it back to Odin and the wild hunt. And Odin would go hunting, accompanied by Valkyries, other gods and ghosts. 
And when Odin and the spirits went hunting, everyone would stay inside because they thought it was really dangerous when Odin's out on the hunt because <laughs> they just hunt everything. It really, the pagan origins are a lot, well, I think, more connected to Halloween, which I obviously really like. It feels quite a scary time. Odin isn't just hunting animals, he's actually hunting whoever's there, so people would hide within that time. I love Norse mythology. I think it's so cool. I guess Odin, we can describe him as... Santa? <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah. No, Santa... I mean... So Odin is... Santa. <laughs> no, let's just give you the facts and you can make your own mind up. Odin was seen in the sky flying on his horse. On the wild hunt. Although he was doing that and he is the god of death, he was also a gift bringer. He would give gifts or coal. So I guess it would be the similar thing where you'd, you wouldn't know what gift you'd been bought and there could be a connection to if you've been good or if you've been bad. When there is a god or deity of death, there is also a sort of angle to it that is about, well, especially for Odin, is about magic and divination. What is really interesting is Jesus was probably forward slash most definitely not even born on Christmas Day. There was just no logic in it. The, the shepherds wouldn't be out, like no one would be out at this time. And he was more likely born in the spring. Yeah. So it makes a lot more sense. Of course, because if a baby was born in a barn, was that where he was born? Yeah. A, like in a, a manger? Oh, a manger. I don't know, is that right? Wait, no, I think a manger's the cot. Oh, oh yeah. my God, you can tell that I haven't thought about Christianity for a long time. Well, they were knocking on all of the people's doors and mm. everyone was saying, no, you can't come in. If it was the winter, do you think that baby would be okay? Like, anyway, I guess it's all quite an interesting story to get your head around. But yeah, it logistically does make sense that probably would have been the spring. Exactly. But they did move it to December 25th so that it wouldn't be a separate celebration to Yule like they did with Samhain. They merged it. They basically, instead of eradicating the holiday, they just adapted it. They just moved his birthday. I wish I could do that. I wish I wasn't a cancer on some days because the crying does get a bit too much. <laughs> Yeah. So I was born in September. <laughs> and tried to pretend that he was white. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's that as well. There's always that. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that we won't delve into because obviously Christianity is complex. One of the really big traditions that you would probably know about is um, they would search out the biggest log they could and set fire to it. As it burned, each spark and ember would represent animals to be born in the spring. The Yule log. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> so the Yule log would burn for around 12 days. It's a, th a hefty log. That is a thick, thick log. <laughs> I like a good thick log, me. We all do. I like that big chocolate log. <laughs> Not too thick, though. She's not a size queen. It's all about the taste. Anyway, so... Um, <laughs> this sounds so no, wrong. Sorry, I mean, the the Yule log that you eat, you know? Oh, yeah, but this is getting... This is in the fire. Oh, okay. So sounds I like you're burning in hell. Let well. me bring it back. It would uh, burn for around 12 days, and throughout this time, there would be feasts and celebrations. The cattle had been slaughtered for the long winter. They, they'd already prepared for it, so they got everything together and made sure everything was stocked up for the winter. Yeah, because they, they couldn't... Could. They definitely couldn't um, feed the cows in the winter. There was nothing to feed them with, so they had to be slaughtered. For the long winter, there was plenty of meat to go around. Well, hopefully, if they had a good season. Um, so they were partying. They were partying hard. For 12 days straight. I love it. 
That's like a long Glastonbury. I honestly couldn't deal. With pagan flutes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm here for it. What we know today as a Christmas tree is actually a Yule tree and shouldn't be used for Christian faith at all. And it actually says this in the Bible. It's Jeremiah 10, 1 through 5. I'm not going to quote the Bible because that's risky. I could burst into flames. But it's there. If you want to have a look, then it's there. The Yule tree would be decorated with food for wandering spirits that would have somewhere to go on the longest and coldest night of the year. They do really like providing for wandering spirits, don't they? Yeah. It seems to be a long-running thing. Definitely. Really connected to spirits and ancestors being around. Yeah, and and a lot of offerings are food as well. Offerings of food runs in loads of cultures as well. When I was in Bali, you see them putting out these little little offerings of sticky rice and things. Amazing. What do they usually, what did they give Santa? Oh, um, milk and cookies. Milk and cookies. Mm. Also, Odin used to come down the chimney, apparently. Yeah. So it's all, Odin's just Santa. It's it's, (laughs) it's very related, isn't it? Yeah, he literally used to slide down chimneys. That's crazy. And another tradition that was pagan was mistletoe. It was actually used by Odin's wife to bring their son, Balder, back to life. The Druids, which were Celtic teachers and leaders, would cut mistletoe from an oak tree and give it as a blessing. And they greatly admired it because of its magical properties of living between heaven and earth. Yeah, it's beautiful. I can see some hanging over there on your beautiful wreath. I did like go out and get loads of bits and made a wreath, but um, I had to buy the uh, mistletoe. From Waitrose. There's also a tradition, wasailing. Wasail is actually what we're drinking now, mulled cider. There's also two parts of wasailing. So you have the wasailing that is basically now caroling and you'd go door to door offering the mulled cider and singing carols. Not a big fan of that, to be honest. I always find it really awkward when you open the door. and I don't want anyone to sing to me unsolicited exactly. <laughs> like if your neighbor's I'm, loud enough yeah exactly if i'm paying to go watch someone sing it's a choice that i'm making i mean maybe i shouldn't be so pessimistic but it's like can you not i just find it really awkward it's just like um where do i look oh god i don't even know maybe people enjoy it but it's it's a no from me yeah it's a no and me um and there's also a second part of wasailing which is singing to the trees mainly in like, the west country um where they make all the cider so you'd um sing or wasail to the trees to help them grow that's the so nice how nice is that singing in the orchard I, i'm here for i sing in the forest all the time yeah singing to the trees they probably don't like it either what you're talking about they may, maybe they paid us. Those ancient trees are probably sick of hearing us sing. 100%. Oh, dear. Yeah, so it's the similar thing, isn't it? Door-to-door offering drink in exchange for gifts this time. Mm-hmm. Bonfires, food. Gift-giving. Trying to find light within dark times. Also, children went from door-to-door with gifts of clove-spiked oranges and apples, but... Orange is my favourite. I love doing that. It just smells so good. Yeah. I actually do have a memory from Christian primary school of carrying one of those onto onto the stage singing carols. Oh, that's cute. That's quite nice, isn't it? The apples and oranges represented the sun. So I'm guessing that was the the sun to be coming soon after the winter. They were put in baskets of evergreen branches and also in 
wheat stalks dusted with flour. The wheat stalks portrayed the harvest and the flour represented triumph, light and life. So those branches, they were symbolic of immortality um, and the evergreens were sacred to the Celts. The Celts would also burn huge bonfires um, and this was to scare away or frighten off the winter cold and welcome the sun back. Evergreen was used to make wreaths, so representing the wheel of life. And these were hung on doors or laid horizontally, the same way as now, um, well, which Christians have now turned into the advent wreath. And holly and ivy were used as decoration to encourage nature sprites to join the celebration. And a sprig of holly was often kept near the door all year round as an ongoing invitation for good fortune to visit. And my Celtic tree, my Celtic birth tree, is a holly tree, holly bush. So I always have holly in my room, on my altar, even at work. Super cute. There is obviously eggnog. And eggnog is a rich, sweetened dairy based drink and it's usually made with milk cream sugar whipped egg whites and egg yolks mm. i actually do like it yeah i love it i like egg, egg whites in my drinks though oh, i love, love an amaretto oh, sours stunning but some people are like oh no i love it i can't believe i was vegan for a year but you can actually get vegan eggnog oh, in nice. a carton yeah there was even a vegan version of eggnog made in 1899 Impressive. so yeah people must have realised that they were lactose intolerant and all of that stuff, so... Yeah, they might have called it something different, but yes, if they were responding to things badly, they'd have to find alternatives. Definitely. But yeah, it's usually homemade and served with cinnamon or nutmeg. And you can warm it up as well, but mm. I it's nicely... In some, it only in, yeah, it depends. Because then you've got your mulled wine for... Ooh, you've got your mulled wine for the warm drinks. That's true. Balance it out. Yeah. yeah. Got lots of hot stuff. It's nice to have a nice refreshing eggnog. Maybe we should make some eggnog. Oh, yeah. 100%. I think we should. Yeah. Or you can also put, um, obviously, you can put brandy, rum, whiskey, bourbon, vodka. No, you can't put vodka in. <laughs> oh, no. I'm losing the plot. Tatum's putting absinthe in hers again. Oh, never again. But also, you know, we're saying all this stuff because this is traditional things where they would use a lot of alcohol to keep them warm. But, you know, a lot of people are sober and respect to that if that's your decision to make. So don't feel like you have to, in this holiday season, because of these traditions, don't feel that pressure. Do what's right by you and you can do it without the alcohol. There's always an alternative. I love a nice hot cinnamon flavoured tea. That's one of my favourite things to have. I love tea. Apple and cinnamon pucker. Yes, yeah. gorgeous. So how to celebrate? Uh, Yule is a great time for fire and candle magic. As I just mentioned, the Celts would use fire to scare off the cold and anything you use anything you can use to bring light and greet the sun king and yeah. the horn god and it is so hard sometimes to see any light because especially when the days are so short, but then you do have to remember that lighter days are coming. And at least this allows us to connect to our roots in the same way as our ancestors did, to look towards brighter days through rituals, offerings, magic, 
spirit board I actually just got a beautiful spirit board and tarot sorry I know we mentioned tarot a lot we are big tarot fans it's such a nice form of divination though isn't it like I love just carving out that time to sit down and yeah just ask a question that I'm struggling with and it is a great time to be looking forward within all that it is important not to put pressure on yourself like you don't have to do a load of celebrations this yule and um make sure you're doing loads of journaling and divination and you know all those things are great if it feels good for you at the end of the day we've had a difficult year if you want to just rest obviously these rituals can be a part of rest i actually use them as self-care i don't find them a draining experience but there isn't any pressure like celebrate in the way that works for you and i know that for a lot of people uh, christmas can be a hard time it can bring up a lot whether that's grief or feeling lonely or having issues with your family so take some of the roots from Yule and use them to find your own magic and connect. And if you do want to connect with family, then yeah, try and um, try not put too much pressure on it because I think we all go, oh, Christmas time, it has to be the best ever. And actually sometimes it's not so great yeah. and, and, and that's okay. And I think we just need to not put too much pressure on it. And if anything this year, it's about just taking it easy. It's been rough. It's been really rough for a lot of people. So, yeah, rest up. Exactly. And if you do want to spend it with your loved ones, um, if you are doing that, I think that's what we're going to do. We're going to go home, I think, on the 21st, which is actually on Yule. Which comes with its own challenges. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's got easier over time. I used to go once, you know, le- leaving Leicester at the age of 18. Every time I'd go back, I'd find it really difficult we go back like, yeah, just literally for Christmas once a year, we would really. Yeah. And I found it really hard. But now I've got older, it's become easier. But, you know, that's a whole other story about family and it's a, it's a personal thing. But we are excited to still go back and, and um, I, I guess make our make new traditions too. You know, Definitely. you don't always have to be stuck in old traditions. And some of those things can not feel like the safest place to be in. And it's okay to let some traditions die out and create new ones, which I'm really excited about. And especially because we've been um, connecting more and more to our pagan roots. Are there any specific things you're gonna do to celebrate Yule? I think I will have a nice curry, which is such a nice thing to do. Nice, spicy, warming meal, some wreath making, drink some eggnog. But it can be quite low key this year because I, I just read a book, watch a nice, watch my favourite films, maybe sing some carols. It's a nice thing to do. Yeah, what about you? To be honest, I've sort of been celebrating Yule quite early. Um, as I said, like I've really felt like doing something this year, which normally I'm not really like that. Halloween is Christmas for me. But actually this year I bought a tree and I guess because I'm settled, I now have somewhere to live and I used to always have to move around and I feel settled in one place. Like I've got a tree that I can, um, it's just a tiny little real tree, but I can plant it in the garden and then get it back in every year. So it's sustainable. And I've, yeah, I made a wreath yesterday. I literally went to Hampstead Heath, picked up a load of sticks, got a load of leaves off the floor, got some holly and it looks I'm actually quite impressed. Like it it's looks, beautiful. You know, it's rustic. It's not perfect, but that's what we go for. And the mistletoe, of course. When Yule starts on the 21st, I'm going to sit on my own and connect to myself and do a tarot spread. There's some questions that I've sort of been, uh, sort of, yeah, that are agitating me a bit that I need some answers to. So, and I've been so busy. And you know what? 
I'm gonna take some rest. Definitely. I'm really, really gonna take some time out. Yeah, I think I'll probably do some crystal magic as well with some citrine to break, welcome the sun. Um, yeah, I have some on my altar. Obviously I've got a Yule altar going at the moment. So maybe I'll I'll just spend a lot of time there. Oh, and incense, pine incense, cinnamon incense, just all the amazing yule things. Yeah, exactly. Get all those senses going. Frankincense. Oh, yeah. oh we should definitely burn some frankincense. I've got some frankincense and myrrh, yeah. actually. I think that we all, if we can, just eat some tasty food. I'm sorry, but food is just, in any celebration and anything in life is my favorite thing. I completely agree. Yeah, so enjoy it that. It really makes me happy. Yeah, food is the best. Well, thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this chat about Yule. Uh, we will definitely be posting. I mean, we'll finally be together for uh, quite a few days. So we'll post a lot on our Instagram if you want to follow us over there um, and we'll post quite a lot of Yule things that we're doing. Have a wonderful festive holiday. We'll catch you soon. Catch you soon. Thank you for joining Honey in the Hex. Subscribe on whichever platform you get your podcasts on. Connect with us on Instagram at Honey in the Hex. It's a joy to grow our coven and we're always open to hear what you would like us to cover on the podcast. See you next time.